Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Gwen McGuire with HBGM and Company. Welcome, Gwen. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about your firm. How are you serving folks? Absolutely. We are an executive search and placement firm. We meet companies at every level of growth. And so we serve solopreneurs to corporations. Uniquely, we develop and we place the non-traditional female hire and we teach organizations how to retain them. So what exactly is a non-traditional hire? Yeah. When uh, Janae, my co-founder and I were in the early stages of constructing the framework of HBGM and Co., we got super clear around the description of the woman that we wanted to uplift through the corporate ranks. And so the vision of our company is to diversify the C-suite. And in understanding the face of C-suite, past and present, we realized that the non-traditional woman wasn't a prominent figure on, let's say, fortune rank list. And so those are women who identify as veterans, as differently able, as BIPOC, transgender, or first and second generation. But the why is more important than the what, right? Like, why aren't these women making the list in larger numbers? And in corporate America, there is a favorite topic of conversation, you know, amongst leadership that the pipeline is broken, meaning that there are very few qualified candidates to fill the pipeline. And one, the conversation is extremely over-exaggerated. And quite frankly, it's a dangerous one as it disqualifies the non-traditional individual. Corporations are facing three things right now, the mass retirement of baby boomers, the great resignation, and on top of that, 3.5 million women have left the workforce since the pandemic. And so the pipeline isn't broken. Like the priority of companies are and have been heavily focused on the Ivy League outfit, the traditional hire, right? And so disregarding the evolution of today's talent. And that evolution is indicative of talent that are looking for more creative ways to diversify their skill sets without the burden of college debt. And this proves that the way that we qualify talent has to evolve. The very definition of qualified needs to shift, how we screen resumes needs to shift, as well as how we interview. Now, a lot of organizations, especially those Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, give lip service to the importance of this type of diversity and inclusion. Are you seeing kind of a disconnect between actual action and an actual kind of progress in this area rather than just a lot of talk around in and around this area? Mm, that's my favorite topic to discuss, <laughs> actually. Yeah. And it, it's a hot topic as far as diversity in corporate America, you know, especially since the pandemic. And like, what does that mean when we're defining a truly diverse workforce? Well, you I know? find an, an easy way to check is just go on their web page of leaders. If you just look at those little boxes, it tells you pretty clearly who the people are that are making the decisions. It may not be what their customers look like, but it tells you what their leadership looks like. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, other things that we gauge as well are um, most certainly, you know, their leadership and how diverse their leadership is. But like also we gauge like what is their retention rate for marginalized um, individuals? 
Um, what are the, the ERGs that they have in place? And then, you know, most importantly, um, my favorite is following the money. Philanthropically, I want to understand what initiatives and initiatives and organizations do these companies fund consistently. Are they funding and supporting companies that are led by diverse um, founders? A truly diverse workforce is committed to diversity internally and externally. Now, so what have what have you found? What are some of the um, kind of uh, discoveries you found by checking into that and holding them accountable for those type of activities? Absolutely. Um, so just a, a little background there. Post-George Floyd, corporate America was in the spotlight regarding rampant systemic racism and toxic practices within the workplace. Right. And I think this caught corporate America off guard as, you know, companies then went on to spend $200 billion plus promoting equity and racial diversity. And so this is an example of Americans holding the largest employers and defenders of these practices accountable. However, of these companies, less than 18% publicly committed to internal improvements and even less actually improved. And so what's been apparent today on our end is that we were given lots of lip service and masterfully crafted statements of support on social media. Um, I think where a lot of people, a lot of companies also get it wrong is that you know, promoting that one BIPOC employee to chief diversity officer, or having them lead your first DEI initiative is blatant tokenism. And so that difference between diversity and tokenism, there's a lack of understanding there. Um, and in, you know, this specific example, like it's lazy and it shows that you don't understand what true diversity is in your workforce. You have to also have ERGs and support um, as well as a culture built around um, marginalized individuals within your company. So how does your firm help? Like, say you have that leader that says, you know what? I looked in the mirror and I think we can improve. I want to improve. And then I hear about HBGM. And uh, what are some of the conversations you're having to help that leader improve their organization and maybe take their organization to a new level? Absolutely. This is my favorite topic. Um, also, well, actually, Janae, our co-founder, she loves talking on this one as well. Um, retention is, is like her department. But, um, before I go into that, I think it's first important to understand that the retention clock doesn't begin once the candidate is seated in the role. And so this is where we come in and helping companies, um, to just basically understand what their culture and their systems, what they have in place how it is either setting up their candidate for success or how it's hindering them. Um, and so it's important to understand that retention starts with the company's digital marketing. Candidates want to see themselves reflected on the social media platforms, um, within the team section of your website, and even the stock photos that you use. You know, They want to see themselves in the audience and on the panels of your conferences. Um, candidates are researching potential employees more than ever before and they want the slightest and if they have like the slightest feeling that they won't have a sense of belonging and support your company can quickly become obsolete in their in their minds and so also to be clear like this advice is to give a company agency to switch up how they market and attract employees completely bypassing the internal human to human work that has to happen like you can't bypass that process and that's where we come in we teach retention strategies through the funnel of marketing to leadership promotion 
And this takes, you know, dedication. It takes open minds and communication. And it also takes a human responsibility to embedder the environments of those that contribute to your bottom line. So what's some ad- actionable advice you can give an organization, maybe some low-hanging fruit that they could be doing today to really make a difference? What's, what's some of the baby steps they can be taking? Yeah, I think one is to actually talk with your employees. You know, there are <laughs> leadership has become so comfortable with, you know, having, um, they've become so comfortable with, kind of standing apart from their employees um, and not taking the time to actually have a conversation and understanding how their employees are feeling, how they can support them. You know, we're, we haven't, we're working within a firm um, pretty soon. And one of their major issues is that their, their BIPOC talent don't have the support like they've been asking for months, you know, I'm looking to to grow within this role. I want to understand the trajectory of this role, but not having that support has really disabled them and has kept them from moving up, you know, up the ranks. Um, and so I, th- I think it starts with just that human to human connection. One, not don't send out a Google form, <laughs> you know, to, to survey your employees, like literally sit down and have a one to one conversation with them. And show them that you care about their well-being. That uh, you can't really emphasize enough those open lines of communication, the clarity and the messaging, and the and the being congruent between what you're saying and what people are seeing with their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like so walk me through like when you you start working with an organization? What are those first conversations look like? Uh, where you can see, number one, if you're the right fit, and that you can help them achieve the outcomes that they desire. Yeah. Um, so that, that looks like uh, we like to speak with leadership first um, and get their take on you know how they're running their department, um, how they feel that they're running their department, how they feel that their employees are doing. Um, and then usually the next conversation happens with the employees themselves and the feedback just doesn't line up. You know, there is there is a blatant disconnect between what leadership thinks and feels is happening within their departments. And then there's what the employees are actually feeling and thinking. Um, and so we like to have those 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 two different perspectives um to then be able to share back you know anonymously of course but also you know providing a, an action plan of you know what we can do going forward to um you know strategize and to help the company come out on top so um what separates you from other kind of uh firms like yours I'm sorry, can you ask? What separates you from uh, other firms like yours? What makes your services unique? Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, during the early stages of um, founding our company, we've taken the time to really poll companies at different stages within their businesses. And we learned that recruitment firms hold very little trust amongst businesses. Um, Some feedback that we received were centered around firms under-delivering or over-promising or prioritizing culture uh, or prioritizing role over culture. Um, I, I think the the feedback also that was just 
most interesting is, you know, post-pandemic, many firms jumped on the diversity bandwagon post the pandemic without firm understanding around diversity and tokenism, which I spoke about earlier. Um, placing diverse hires in spaces that are unsafe or haven't built culture and ERGs to support them for the sake of placing that diverse hire. And so HBGM and Co. is really intentional about the impact that we make post the placement process, offering our support and building company culture, um, systems and processes and changing um, leadership management are ways that we ensure retention for our candidates and um, this is also how we're instrumental in transforming corporate spaces for the betterment of future generations. So we work closely with companies to ensure that our candidates land in a safe space to lead. So what is your ideal client look like? What is that? Uh, are they for Fortune 500, Fortune 10? Like who, who are your ideal clients? Who are the ones you want to work with the most? Yeah, so we work with solopreneurs um, to um, fortune companies. Um, our, our services meet companies at every level of growth. And what this means is, for example, we find that our solopreneurs that we service are most engaged in our contract service, which provides um, contract experts for short or long-term needs, such as your virtual assistant or your virtual um, project manager. And then like our small businesses to enterprise sized companies, they engage in our contract to hire service and our development program. And corporations are most interested in our direct hire service and our one to one retention strategies. So what do you need more of? How can we help? Absolutely. We invite leadership to the table. We invite leadership to our table. We want to engage with more leaders around the topics that we've discussed today. Um, we are deeply committed to transforming companies from the inside out with attraction, development, and retention strategies that build better corporate spaces. Now, what about advice for that um, employee that's out there that wants to be found, that wants to, that feels they are ready for that next step? What things can they be doing to get on your radar so you find them and then they become a good match in some of the organizations you work with? Absolutely. Reach out to us directly. Like we love having those one-to-one -one conversations with um, potential women that we add to our roster. We create a very, very safe space um, for our candidates, even, you know, during our, our interview process. Um, and yeah, we, we'd love to connect with you one-to-one. -one. You can find us on social media, HBGM Co., or take a moment and email us, inquire at hbgmco.com. Is there anything they could be doing to make them a more attractive candidate? Oh, absolutely. There's, <laughs> I think there's, there's so much in this space now. There's so much that's offered to candidates um, to be able to diversify their, their resumes and upskill, um, you know, their resumes as well, such as uh, certifications. Um, yeah. You know, things of that nature. And I, I think too, like, we just recently had a conversation around pay transparency, you know, that's huge in the news right now. Um, and we encourage, you know, employees to continue to have the conversation around pay transparency, but also take the conversation a step further. Um, if you realize that, you know, upon having these conversations, you realize that one of your colleagues is being paid, let's say, you know, $3,000 more than you in salary, take the opportunity to really have the conversation with them and understand what certifications or what type of 
um, what other attributes is, do they serve to their role that maybe you're missing, that maybe you can join in on so that when it's time, you know, for that that pay raise or whatever, you're prepared and you have something to bring to the table to show how impactful you are for the company now and in the future. Um, and so I, I say that to say, you know, have the conversations with your colleagues inside and outside of, of your workplace and just better understand how you can upskill. Is there anything a candidate be, can be doing on LinkedIn that are, are there some things that are must haves that, that you're not seeing and things they shouldn't be doing that are red flags? Mm-hmm. Uh, red flags. You know, I haven't seen many red flags lately. I, I, it seems to me that candidates are especially more careful, even within their social media space about, you know, what they post, especially when they are um, eagerly looking for placement, you know, when they're eagerly looking for that next job. And the job market is is interesting right now. And candidates are really clawing for like the next opportunity. Um, I would say, you know, especially for us within our firm, we we really take the time to dissect a candidate's resume. Um, we take the time to basically piece together what their skill sets are and what um, their responsibilities have been within past roles. Because sometimes we find that, let's say, for instance, a um, a candidate doesn't necessarily have the title of executive assistant. However, within the different roles that, you know, she's been employed in, she's got all of, of the expertise. She just lacks the actual title and the title in order to get her, um, paid at market rate or more. Um, and so that's something that we do within our firm is really dissecting our candidates' resumes, um, to, you know, put them in, in better positions. Now, if somebody wants to learn more, um, again, can you share the website uh, or the socials, the best way to get a hold of you or somebody on your team? Absolutely. Um, Our website is hbgmco.com. And you're able to, um, for our candidates, apply to our roster on the website. And for our clients, if you want to hire an executive or inquire about our services, you can do that there as well. Um, also, our email address is inquire at hbgmco.com. My personal email address is Gwen, G-W-E-N-N, at hbgmco.com. Well, Gwen, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.